0: If you're driving along one day and your panoramic sunroof overhead just explodes without warning, that's completely shocking. Almost as shocking as what might happen next, which is when you're front of the service centre and they explain, if that's the right word, that this is not their fault at all. In fact, it's on you and that'll be like four and a half grand or something here's how you invert the battle space on this next level of automotive assholery, because the facts and consumer law is entirely on your side. I'm John from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars. Straight only. Website. Card. Now should you be riding along on the freeway of love with the wind against your back and your pink friggin' Cadillac feeling ah, smugly superior one summer's day and the sunroof just goes pop. It's going to be quite distinctive because the speed of propagation of the failure of a piece of tempered glass is roughly five times the speed of sound in air at sea level, so that's going to be rather the disconcerting bang. It's like SEAL Team 6 coming through the skylight in your meth lab. Don't ask me how I know that. However, the light at the end of the tunnel here, even if some mongrel, ah, speaking of which, ah, allow me to complete the picture on the mongrelness of all of this, I feel like Commissioner Gordon in an odd way, only, you know, Summoning Satan because there's been an outbreak of integrity instead of Batman to fight evil. Anywho, with that in place, I'm sure you can tell what's coming next. This video is sponsored by Olight, which is beset from 8pm tonight, Wednesday the 15th of February, fortuitously, by a post-Valentine's Day flashlight frenzy. Big savings online until Friday at midnight, obviously. Links in the description and pinned to the comments below. In fact, my all-time favourite EDC torch, which I am now blinding you with, the Mighty Warrior Mini 2, is under 100 bucks right now. So don't just sit there looking like Peter Dutton, dude despite living in an in-pocket war of attrition on a day-to-day basis with my Leatherman and my overall cumulative mistreatment of it, my faithful Warrior Mini 2 simply refuses to die. And I use it every day and it is so freaking useful, honestly. 1750 lumens max, 45 days of runtime if you set it to low, dual switches which are so important depending on the usage three and a half thousand milliamp hours worth of 18650 lithium ion battery with a proprietary magnetic recharging system there's a reversible pocket clip a proximity sensor it's got strobe mode it's ipx8 waterproof and drop tested to 1.5 meters this thing is ruggedized and it is packed with tech. They've got a new color this month as well. It's called Black Lava, if that matters. The torch is also available in desert tan and basic black. I've dropped mine more times than I will now admit on camera, once from up high on a ladder onto concrete. Well done for ticking every box, genius. And here it is, faithfully poised at my side, loyal and ready to defeat the undead, or more likely, just find the car keys in the bottom of a camera bag in a night as dead as a politician's brain. By now, I must have just about every Olight and this is the one I use for my EDC. You will not prize my Warrior Mini 2 from my cold dead fingers. I plan on taking it with me straight to automotive hell. When you look at the Warrior Mini 2 purely as a return on investment, Under a hundred bucks for this torch is unbeatable value. I'm not kidding when I say this thing helps me every day. Olight's sale goes until midnight Friday the 17th. Dude, just don't come crying to me because you've blown the signing bonus on cool torches. If you're addicted to EDC, that's quite okay with me. Links in the description, plus a code for 12% off outside the sale. And thanks to Olight, for sponsoring this episode. A few times a year, I get messages such as this. Today's is from a dude named Nige who goes, I was driving my wife's 2021 three prong GLC 250 there's your first mistake, Nige, north on the Bruce highway yesterday in temperatures of about 34 degrees and the effing This is going to be a salient, recurrent theme in uh, Niger's missive. And the effing sunroof let go with an almighty bang. Yes, well, it would, because the way tempered glass works, it just lets go like that. It's like a Mach 5 shockwave going X and Y every 6 to 10 millimetres throughout the whole roof. So not the kind of thing you're going to sleep through. That's absolutely for certain. When I fronted up this morning to the FWIT, that's a bit harsh night, but maybe not inappropriate, at the three-pronged customer service center, so regular viewer, it was exactly as you had said in an earlier video. Mercedes was not taking any responsibility and will definitely not admit to any design defects. The answer was, it's glass and this happens. I'm sick of car makers saying this. This is tantamount to saying that the sunroof exploding without warning is not a defect. It's just an operational characteristic. Like, come on. Sunroofs are not supposed to fail spontaneously as you drive along a major highway in Australia near a holiday paradise. And if you think that possibly a truck might be able to loft up some projectile from its wheels and it's gonna and break the sunroof then physics says no. We'll get to that. The problem is that I am talking to monkeys. Mm, that's harsh. That's not me saying this, this is Nige baby. I have MB fully comprehensive insurance. Mistake Duos nudge because Mercedes-Benz fully comprehensive insurance is not actually Mercedes insurance at all. It's just like Allianz or something Then they just white label it to you for $2,000 extra. So it's actually just the same as a policy that you could buy from a major insurer for $2,000 less. So let us not be seen coming in this way next time one is at the dealership, shall we? and can probably get this fixed without the $4,500 expense of supply and fitting. Well, I'd suggest you could probably get it fixed for free because this is a failure of the acceptable quality consumer guarantee, which is a big, fat piece of legislation in Australian consumer law. It says that vehicles need to be durable and free of defects. Three-prong. It's not just for toasters, is it? The fact that I can get a higher car whilst... I hate that whilst, it should be while, while waiting the four months to get a glass shipped out and fitted is possible but a long shot. Well, I'd suggest furthermore that car makers are required to be able to support the product and they can't blame it on COVID and shipping logistics and all that kind of stuff. They have to be able to fix your product in a timely fashion. That's part of the legislation also. And if they can't do that, A minor defect might become a major defect and you might therefore be in line for a full refund or replacement. So they would want to get their finger out fairly quickly and get the glass here. A little bit speedier than that. Like we could go shopping online and get something DHL'd from Germany to here in a couple of days. Why can't Mercedes-Benz do that? Why does it have to take four months to get a piece of glass here? Riddle me that. Satan but a long shot so I'd suggest as a compromise the least they could do is cover the cost of you hiring a car whatever car you want that's sort of roughly equivalent to your wife's 3 prong shitter only not with a hole in the roof obviously that'd be nice and if you hit them up with a bill for that you'd probably get them to pay it go and talk to a lawyer because the details really matter but broadly that's how this works (laughs) Okay, Nige goes on and says, in the meantime, the car A, is virtually unusable when it rains. Oh, duh. Looks effing awful. What's new? C, can't park it anywhere. What's the point of using it? Quite. D, massive safety hazard in the event of a prang. Well, I don't really agree with that. C, sunroofs aren't structural. They don't really protect you from anything. They're pretty much transparent in the event of a major prang so don't agree with that agree with all the others though and e noisy as f yeah yeah it's amazing how much noise comes through when you cut a big fat hole about one and a half square meters in the roof isn't it mercedes comment not our problem with two dogs dicks sorry to sound out But I think I'm going to get shafted over this. Yes, I think you might, but it's okay for you to sound out. uh, I'm finding it quite entertaining, Nigel, not uh, the least of which because it's a really good way to educate the public on what you're actually entitled to if you own a car. Now, if a toaster behaved in this way, if the element just went... You wouldn't have the same conversation at Bing Lee or the good guys or something, would you? It just wouldn't work that way. They'd say, oh, that's... I'm terribly sorry. Here's a new one. Right, off the bat, that's what they would do, and this is a device costing orders of magnitude more, and yet you get treated like consumer law is somehow optional in these circumstances because the car industry is, to use Niger's vernacular, effed. Actually, it's only about one third of car makers doing business badly in this way, but that third really does give the rest of them a bad reputation I'd suggest it tars them all with the same grubby brush so here's what you do I'd suggest that sunroofs do not just break they don't if they do that is inherently a design or implementation defect right manufacturing defect whatever it's not on you you buy a product it is supposed to be durable and of acceptable quality. That's just how this works. Reasonably durable, you know, free of defects, etc. Now, it could be some extraneous influence that causes a sunroof to break, and the real easy one for a car maker to give you is oh, well, it's probably just a rock, you know, a projectile foisted upon the sunroof by some truck, lofted up by the wheels, right? That is complete bullshit because there is no way Isaac Newton and everybody else who studied physics is queuing up the dead ones spinning in their grave just going, dude, there's no way that that can happen. There is no way a sufficiently massive projectile can be lofted up by the wheel of a truck and it will not reach a significant enough height to possess enough energy to fall on the sunroof and break it. It's a bit of a different story when you're steaming along with your windscreen like this at 30 metres a second and a projectile gets lofted up and you hit it, that can break your windscreen, but the sunroof is traveling like this. It's not in the same direction as any incident, you know, projectile that's just hovering there. Like, windscreen hit, sunroof hit. See what I'm talking about? And I'd suggest, don't take my word for it, because I'm just a lowly bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering dude who studied about 40 years ago. Endless physics, but hey, an argument could be put that I was so freaking good at it that I became a journalist and that's what I did for the next 30 years but let's hear what a real expert has to say because I got a uh, I did some significant research on this a while ago and I, uh, I came across a dude named Tarek Jodi, who's a PhD from the UC Berkeley so he's a professor of mechanical engineering at one of the most prestigious academic institutions on earth, He was requested to comment following a similar incident in a BMW, right, and Professor Jody basically studied the feasibility of a rock being lofted up by the tyres of another vehicle and its ability to break an automotive sunroof, and he concluded that that is impossible, saying, quote, There is not a chance in the world that an unintentional rock that is lofted by a vehicle would ever break a sunroof panel. In my opinion, the car manufacturer has the problem. Basically, it's a manufacturer's defect. When a dude with a PhD in mechanical engineering says, not a chance in the world, like normally these people hedge their bets and say things like, highly unlikely, right? What he's saying is, are you clowns smoking crack even suggesting this? That's kind of where he's at on this. It's... Not even remotely possible, not a chance in the world, said PhD dude who split his brain in 52 different pieces just to get the physics right on the complex stuff, which this is not, right? So what else can it be? It can only be not reasonably durable or not free from defects. Tell me what the other option is that breaks the sunroof have a look at this clip which is from the public broadcaster in Canada dude trapped in the car it's on fire it's imperative to get him out I'm counting nine different hits from able-bodied dudes who are highly motivated to get this done quickly using improvised tools and it takes nine hits to break the side glass. Now, admittedly, they are hitting it in the wrong place because they don't understand the physics of tempered glass. If you wanna break a window, look for a 90 degree corner at the top and punch it there. The best thing to use, incidentally, is one of these. It's a spring-loaded center punch and basically you just layer it up against the corner press it like that and the point load and the shockwave from that will just propagate a crack all through the glass. The other reason that the glass doesn't fail completely there is that the window is tinted and it's the tinted layer that's holding it together. Basically once tempered glass fractures it just disappears into little tiny chunks right and it, the, re, the way this works if you want to know the physics of it tempered glass is much tougher than the glass in the windows of most houses which is annealed glass. What they do is they get the glass, they put it through an industrial process that means it goes through an oven, heats it up to the transition temperature, which is like uh, 600 degrees, something like that. And then as it comes out of the oven, these cold air jets hit the outside surfaces of the glass and they cool it off rapidly. And this leads to a layer of glass on the outside on both the top and the bottom surface of the the sunroof or the inner and outer surface of the side windows of your car. And that surface has really high residual compressive stresses built into it. Whereas the meat of the glass in the middle is under tension, okay? And you look at the glass and you can't see any of that residual stress, but it's there. And the dynamics of this mean that, plus the external curvature, like the convex curvature on the outside, mean that the glass is highly resistant to fracturing. That's why they bother putting it through this process. And also when it does fail, it fails into tiny little pieces like, you know, six to 10 millimeter roughly round shapes and not these long jagged shafts of uh, shards, sorry, of glass that are really likely to damage you. Like it's bad news if you fall through the window in a house. Okay, it's not such bad news if you've got to drag someone out of the window aperture in a car because they don't have those long, jagged shards of glass that can just cut you to pieces, basically. So the failure mechanism helps and the toughness really helps. But what happens when there is a crack that starts in the glass, if it's tempered, it just releases the residual stress and a shockwave just propagates through the whole piece of glass and it travels at about 1500 meters per second, which is about five times faster than sound propagates through air at sea level, right? And that just means that the failure is dramatic and super fast. And this always seems to happen when vehicles drive. So I'm surmising that because this is a comparatively rare event, what's basically happening here is that there's some input in the body That means the body's twisting in some way and there's probably some confluence of assembly type tolerances like a bit tight here and a bit tight here and a bit tight there but still roughly acceptable at the factory and then the temperature is high and the expansion of glass and steel like the movable glass panel is going to be actuated by some frame made of steel and Steel, when it gets hot, it expands roughly 50% more than glass for the same temperature input. So there's that. And you get this weird sort of confluence of events that leads to a crack in the glass and boom, all of a sudden, it's a really loud explosion inside the car and you've got no sunroof. But it's not on you because you can't do this. You can't make this happen as you're driving along and it's not able to be attributed to a projectile and look the pro tip on projectiles is the thing about a projectile let's say a projectile hits whatever it bounces right depending on the elasticity of the thing it hits depends on the bounce right but the bounce can only happen if the structural integrity of the thing that it hits is maintained right if a projectile hits a piece of glass with sufficient energy to break the glass the glass disappears and then there's no balancing action and reaction or equal and opposite Newton's third law type of force to cause the projectile to rebound off the piece of glass. And that means if a projectile breaks a sunroof, guess where the projectile ends up? In the back seat, dude. It's just going to be sitting there. So if there's no projectile in the car, and a PhD in mechanical engineering says that can't happen, then guess what? It's not a projectile. It's a defect in the construction, design or uh, manufacturing of that sunroof. It just is. And the fact that it's rare in statistical terms means that it's down to some weird confluence of tolerances and also Imports from the road like causing the body to twist exactly the wrong way at exactly the wrong time at exactly the wrong temperature To just go over the stress limit of the glass and all we need near the corner of the glass is Incidentally the reason why you would always try to break a piece of tempered glass in the corner is because that's where the residual stresses at there are at their least balanced because right in the middle here the compression all around a particular point is more or less equal but up here in a corner there's not as much balancing compression coming from this part near the corner and that means near the corner is more vulnerable to spring-loaded center punch this is especially relevant if you ever come along and see a child trapped in a car in the sun or a pet Okay, like a dog or a cat or something in a car just getting baked because the owner's an asshole. Near the corner. Works every time. Okay, so (laughs) the bottom line here is that you just need to talk to a lawyer, get the details right, and you need to put it on them and say this is a manufacturing defect. The onus is on them to prove that it's not a manufacturing defect because the car has not been reliable and it has not been durable at all it doesn't meet the durability expectations of a reasonable consumer and you just need to keep putting it back on them okay because the law is on your side and they're just trying to brush you because they're operating from this position of apparent power and that's why the framing of consumer law in this country shits me it's because if everybody proceeds with integrity Consumer law would work just fine. Like a reasonable service department would say to you, yeah, dude, that's on us, we're terribly sorry. Here's a loner, we'll fix it for you for free. And you'd come away happy as Larry and you wouldn't have to write to me. Happy days. But because there's an imbalance of power and no really strong policemen, like the is just, you know, narcolepsy every day of the week ending in Y, because we live in that world, Powerful entities who don't give a crap about anything except maximising their own profit feel like it's their obligation to take advantage of you when you are in this vulnerable position. And on my world, that sucks. But if push comes to shove, the law is on your side and you just need to make it sufficiently difficult for them... And hopefully they will turn this around. I'd say to them, fuck you and the horse you rode in on. You know, why do you think I've got the three-prong inverted here? Because they're the worst at it. They should be the best at it. Because look at the absolute bipolarity of Mercedes-Benz ownership. When you are a prospective customer, it's all slaps on the back and handshakes and we're your best friend and when you're front at the service department with a big hole in the top of your car which you can't park anywhere and is no longer secure against theft or the elements it's like fuck you dude that's going to be four and a half grand this happens all the time that is patently unacceptable